Blog Talk Radio. wonderful day as I am. I am uh, anxiously awaiting the uh, start of a, another week. This is a Friday, so it's always one of those days where you're kind of just wondering, oh, what does the next week hold? Well, we're in this pandemic now, so we don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, with God's grace, we'll get through it all. Maybe we have to keep, uh, keep hoping. Well, joining me today, as you know, I like to spotlight young uh, brothers and sisters that are doing great things, you know, um, to change the narrative, so to speak. You know, we always hear about uh, folks not doing this or that or the other, but, uh, you know, I like to spotlight those folks that are doing great things, that are uh, taking the time that they have and doing stuff that uh, can make a difference in their lives and the lives of others. So joining me uh, today is Samuel Adu. He's a fashion designer from uh, Ghana, and he has a unique uh, company, I think, in terms of uh, what folks can do, young folks can do. Uh, good morning, uh, Samuel. How are you on doing today? Good morning. I'm doing great this wonderful morning. Thanks ah, all right. Yes, yes, yes. So... Um, Tell us a little bit about your background. You came from Ghana. Now, did you finish all your formal education in Ghana, or did you come here and, and finish it no, up here? I moved to, from Ghana to America at the age of five, even before school started. So I started kindergarten in America. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. In and Miami, actually. You, in Miami. Oh, I love Miami. I love yeah. the beach. Um, so, so what yeah. prompted your family to come to uh to America from the United States. What 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 was it that said, okay, let me let us go across the pond, so to speak, and and make our way. What 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 was the impetus for I that? I guess for a brighter future. I, I believe that's what it is. I didn't have no input on it back then. I was five years old, but they came over here to have a brighter future and uh, just, you know, that's it. So mm-hmm. your parents came to uh America via Miami uh, what brought yep. you to, you know, you now live in in Atlanta. So what brought you to Atlanta? Okay, when we were living in Miami, we wasn't living in no beaches or beach houses. We were living, like, in the hood, like, 
it was called Opalaka, and it was just police everywhere at all times. And Atlanta is where we knew some other Africans that had moved from Ghana from Ghana with us, and they had lived, they had bought a house in the suburbs, and it was affordable. The house was affordable, and we all just moved in the same neighborhood. So it was like a group of Africans. That's how that's how we did it. We were just trying to find somewhere to start a family, pretty much. Okay, okay. So you mm-hmm. connected with some. Some uh, other kindred spirits uh, here in Atlanta. Exactly. And, right. Okay. And, and Atlanta's like that, you know. I mean, you know, everybody yeah. around the country has heard of Atlanta, uh, obviously because of the civil rights yeah. and, of course, having a black, one of the first black mayors back in the '70s with uh, the Honorable uh, Maynard Jackson. Uh, God rest his mm-hmm. soul. Died a few years ago, but um, so you made it to Atlanta. And so, did you finish your formal yeah. education in Atlanta, or you had finished it in Miami? Yeah, exactly. I did it. I finished in uh, in Gwinnett County, actually. Yeah, Grayson High School. That's where I went to school okay. at. All right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And my mom's also so, a pastor. Like my mom's a pastor, so we. I was also very into the church, going to church every single Sunday. Yeah, that's what we were doing. Okay. All right. Is your mother still pastor? Yeah, she's a pastor of. Uh, it's called All Nations Church, the Norcross branch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I got an older sister and a younger brother who's still so like in high school, and then I got an older sister. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how old are you? 29. 29. Okay. 29 about, the, mm-hmm. about the age of my third oldest daughter. She's 28. And uh, Okay. Wow. All right. Good. So, uh, so you're 29 years old. And so yes, you finished up school in um, in in, uh, in Gwinnett County here in the Atlanta area, suburb of Atlanta. Yes. And uh, what happens then? You graduate high school. Uh, did you plan on going oh. to college or anything like that? Yeah, I actually took the college route. I did that. But school wasn't always, like, the best thing for me. But I did it because that's just what everybody was doing. I wasn't even thinking about starting a business. So I, I went to school and it just wasn't working out for me. Like the kind of guy I am, I'm like creative. I, I I didn't go to school for what I was actually good at. I went to school for computer security instead of going to school for like art and fashion. That's what I should have did. So I took the wrong route and I was working for years. I ended up ended up just ended up working at a public warehouse. That's where I was working at. And mm. I was so like depressed. I was so like unhappy and uneasy every day with the route that I was taking with my life. And and then when I started looking for God, he told me that I need to use my gifts and my talents to change my life. Mm. That's when everything, that's when everything, I just, I knew exactly what to do starting from there. So you you matriculated in college, you found out the college life is not for you, and you end up working at a a Publix, which is a uh, grocery store here in Atlanta, and I think they had, in Georgia. Warehouse. And and uh, you you worked in the warehouse and uh, lived in boxes, I guess. I mean, you know, so. Working hard like slavery. Like, people were picking (laughs) cotton back in the 1800s. People were picking cotton in the 1800s. We were picking, we're picking boxes in 2020. That's what the slaves were doing now. It was horrible. It was horrible. And I did it for five years of my life. Did it for five years of my life to save up money. Yeah, Republic, they take care of you. They do the whole stock thing, 401k. So I, I ended up saving a lot of money to be able to do something with my life once I once I had figured out what I was going to do. Publix, you know, okay. was definitely, and I invested all my money into what I'm doing now. Wow. So you you saved your money up, you know, because I think Publix is union, I believe. 
Um, yeah, they pay money. Pay. They pay good. You was making like $21, $25 an hour lifting boxes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know some folks that work for Publix. And because Publix is, I think, union, I think they're union anyway, but uh, they pay a lot mm-hmm. better than most grocery stores, definitely more than <laughs> fast food. So at least yes. you got at least you got you got to be able to bank some money. So you saved up some exactly. Money. You saved exactly. up some money to 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 start your dream. So, uh, so when you were in high school, were you like you know because when I get into your website and your clothing and stuff, were you drawing stuff then, or you know what were you doing then that gave you the idea oh that God. oh wow? <laughs> when I went when I was in high school, honestly, high school was a fashion show to me. I wasn't paying, I wasn't, you know I me. Mean, everything, nothing else was easy for me, but getting dressed up every morning and going to school and being the flyest kid in school was something that motivated me. And back then, when I was in high school, Ralph Lauren was what we was all wearing. We was all, like, wearing a lot of polos. And mm-hmm. and I used to, I had a job in high school, and I would buy, I would spend all my money on polos. And Ralph Lauren, and they used to call me Polo Sam, and I used to literally sell polo out of my closet. The old polo that I worn already, I didn't like wearing it mm-hmm. twice. I used to sell it, buy it, and trade it with all the other kids. People would come to my locker to buy and sell clothes. And wow. that's what that's when the seed was planted. That's when I knew, like, okay, fashion might, you know, be something I like. You know, that's that's how it was in high school. I was just a fat, I was a fashion guy. And back in high school, all the white kids they used to wear polo, rock horn. They used to get Christmas. They used to wear it on birthday school. They used to wear it with sandals. They didn't even care what they put it together. It was just so easy for them to get their hands on it. It was like their parents were buying it. And for black kids who wear polo every day, I used to have to dress it up with Jordans. And I used to, and I used to just notice that, that when I would wear my polo, my Ralph Lauren, it would make me feel like a nice, rich white kid in the suburbs. Even though I was struggling, even though my family was struggling, paying, I felt some type of way when I wore that Ralph Lauren. When I would put that polo on, and I felt like some kind of, and that was something that I also noticed when I was putting my clothes on, I need to be able to design things that make you feel like a nice African boy, like a black king. But yeah, that was a lot, that was the experience that I had in high school. Just great, wow. you know how great it was. Yeah. <laughs> so you had this bug in you, you went to work for the warehouse, and all of a sudden uh, you decided, say, hey, I'm going to take this money. And so uh, on your first step right. out, you know, on your first step out, what, did you, what was the first thing that you did that was the launch of your uh, uh, clothing design? Uh, company. What was the first thing that you did? Well, okay. So the first thing I did was I designed one T-shirt. Well, I designed one button-up shirt. That's what it was. It was a button-up shirt. I I had an idea that I was gonna make, and I was gonna put kente on the shoulders. And I didn't even know how to sew. I have no skills. I just have a vision. I just can see it in my eyes and my head when I close my eyes. So I have no fashion skills, but I tried to sew anyway. And my mom had to finish it for me. My mom had to help me. Like, because <laughs> there was nothing that I could do. I, I just had the vision. So once I told my mom what to do, she seen me struggling. She finished it for me. And it was one of the fly shirts. It was different from any other African garment that anybody put together. And that was my first step. I wore it. I wore it out the house. I wore it to, like, to, to go out to eat with my cousin. And, she, my, and she's not my business partner. And she saw it. And she, like wow, this is the freshest shirt I ever seen. And at the time, she was graduated from public for public relations in college. She she so she knows how to do all the the business side of of, of fashion. And that's when it all started. That's when I was after creating one shirt, just taking that risk. But that, I had took that risk. I had created that shirt while I was still working in public. So once I had seen that, okay. Yeah, yeah go go yeah. ahead. 
Yeah, I had created that shirt while I was still working at Publix, but then once I seen that uh, it was some uh, somebody liked it and somebody was willing to help me, then boom, I started moving forward, and eventually I was able to retire from Publix and start figuring out how we're going to start this clothing empire. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned that is so significant about following your dream, which is uh-huh. you decided at some point working you know, full-time for someone else, you know, helping them build their dream, and you decided yeah. to work on your free time, on your dream, yeah. and that's no, and that's and that's a, how a lot of uh, you know entrepreneurs start. You know, they start yeah. working for somebody else, and then on their free time, they're working on their dream. And you know, if you cut off the TV, <laughs> don't watch TV, don't watch four five hours of TV every night, you could get a lot of stuff exactly. done. You know, uh, and obviously yeah. you have the energy. That reminds me when I started my uh, you know company, you know, with my radio show back in nineteen. Well, actually, it was before 1986. You weren't even born then. But, uh, no. you know, I, I, I was working a full-time job in banking. But at night, I was coming home and writing scripts, you know, for my radio show. Uh, I already had my first uh, affiliate in Atlanta, Georgia, which was V103 and WAOK. Wow. And so, you know, I, you know, so, you know, it takes a lot of energy to do that. And, you know, one of the things that I hear in your voice and, uh, and where I met this brother, I met this brother at a Verizon store. I went in to yeah. buy a, a new phone, and we just got talking. And I was like, hey, you know, this is somebody that needs some exposure. So, you know, so that's the way it starts. Some people think that, well, if I had the money, I'll start this. I said, no, if, you, if it's something you're passionate about, which is what you are, you're yeah. passionate about what you're doing, then it doesn't mm-hmm. really feel like work. You're not getting paid a lot. You may not be getting paid at all in the beginning, but no, it's your passion. You know. Yeah, and that exactly. passion has to has to take you, has to drive you every day, get you up in the morning. You can't wait to get off of work so you can work on your dream and exactly. uh, fulfill so that. So that uh, I have, mm-hmm. And I'm just bringing that vision to life, and I have to see it. I have to see it in reality. That, that's what it, that's really driving me. And you know, the one thing you know that you know, uh, and I can say for myself. When I was, uh, you know, um, actually, I was about, about your age when I started my company, um, actually, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit younger than you, but I was about 27, well, I was a little bit younger than you, I was 25, 24 when I started it, um, but I was working in banking, but the one thing that you have is that passion, and you don't have, it does, and you don't have the fear of failure. You know, you're not because I never thought mm-hmm. I was going to fail. I just, I just figured that this is going to work out. I'm going to find a way by force of yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. make this thing work, yeah. you know, and, um, and it took me some while to get there, but every, you know, it gets me up in the morning. I mean, what else are you going to spend your time doing? You know what I mean? I was raising a family at that time, you know, so I had a lot of stuff going on, but this was my passion. And I, and I feel that, 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 that energy coming from you, that this is your passion. So let's talk about, you said, you know, and you remind me of another guest I had, I had another guest. I can't remember her name now, but she had a, a uh, a black uh, what you call it the sunscreen and I shared this with you when we met at the at the Verizon store and she didn't know nothing about chemistry she didn't know nothing about that she just put together the team to help her get where she, where she needed to go you know and mm. it sounds like that's what you do and I just heard about a week or two ago that she got a million dollar investment from you know some entity and you know once again following her dream she had an MBA you know and all this. But, you know, she said not a lot, all of that did help her a lot, you know, for the sake of a, a starting a company to some extent it did. But 
just having that passion. She she felt that she wanted to do something different, and that's what drives. So, no matter whether you succeed at it or not, it's it's what's going to get you there. So now, so we we your mom helped you with your designs. I mean, with your yeah. I guess the stitching and the putting the stuff together. So where are you now yep. at, at that process? Do you do you design it and someone else you know puts it together, or, or how does that work now? No, yeah, exactly. Now, how I do it is I design it. I sit in my house. I have to draw the design. Whatever's in my brain, I have to now bring it to a paper, and I send it overseas to a manufacturer, and they design it. Some of these manufacturers don't even speak English. They can barely understand what I'm saying. So you got to draw pictures, very detailed pictures, and send it to them, and and then they make it for you. Because I need quality, like the kind of kind of design I'm trying to come correct like I need tags I need labels I need this to be French Terry I need this to be embroidered I need this to be polyester so I can't sit here and do this in my house and come up with regular or New Yorker stuff I need a manufacturer that does stuff professionally to make it for me so I work with manufacturers I tell them what to do okay so you design something and then I guess you found a independent manufacturer to do to manufacture your clothes Mm -hmm. okay how did you find the manufacturer? How did how did you go about that process? Oh my God, that's trial and error right there. That took at least three. Ever since I've been starting my company, I've been looking for a manufacturer. You know, because when you enter the fashion game, you you go talk to manufacturers, you can Google it. But these guys are going to be talking about twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars just to get started, just to because they're they're manufacturers from big stores. So you have to fall back and you have to design T-shirts. Regular T-shirts, screen print, you have to put your logo on that. So that's what I use to carry myself. I've been doing T-shirts for all the time. It's easy to find a T-shirt company anywhere. $100 each is a T-shirt. So I've been designing T-shirts all the time. And then now I finally found a manufacturer that can make the kind of quality I need. I started doing garments now. I'm able to design all type of stuff. I have a jeans jacket. I have a, a polo. I have blazers. I have all type of stuff now. Yes. Yeah. So that's how I was. I started. I, I was doing T-shirts until I found the perfect manufacturer that was wow. affordable so, and could do the kind of clothes I like. So you you just did trial and error, kept just working at it and you know getting it straight. So now you exactly. have. So now you have a uh, um, a website, you know, and, uh, and and I guess the website is the principal way that you buy that you sell your your merchandise. That's 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 that the, that the yeah. principle way you do it. Through for my website, the way I do it is social media is pretty much what's driving it. You know, I'm starting to get into digital uh, media too, where you're paying for digital marketing, where you're paying for ads. But I started off just posting nice pictures of good-looking people wearing my clothes in a good-looking setting and posting it on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then having my website attached to it, and then people go to my website and purchase it. If you're out of state, if you don't know me, then that's, that's the best way to get it. So how much, how much yeah. time would you say that you spend, you know, on your business? I know you, you're, you're this is kind of, you know, that you're the, the working at the Verizon is, as you said, is your side hustle and your clothing company mm-hmm. is your main hustle. So how much, how much time do you spend, uh, let's, you know, in a week or a day, you're working on your, on your, on your business? Man, I try to give at least 30 to 40 hours a week. Like, I don't wow. know, what's the point of sleeping? We got to design, we got to draw more clothes. We got to, when when I'm a, when it's time to sleep in America, that's when my manufacturer is actually awake. So, okay. 
that's when they're talking to me and sending me messages and sending me critical stuff. And, of course, I could be asleep and then answer when they're awake and then when they're asleep. I'm, but that makes things take a lot longer. So I stay awake and we talk. So I be up late at night. You know what I mean? You just got to, even if you're tired, you got to stay up somehow and, and get stuff done. So, yeah, so yeah, your manufacturer, I'm assuming, is overseas somewhere then in some other yeah. part of the yeah. uh, uh, world. Okay. And yeah, exactly. so, uh-huh. so do you select, so I see that your, your uh, designs are infused with Kente uh, designs. Yes. Why, why, why that? Why, why Kente? Design? That's the most, that's the most important thing. Kente is like the, 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 the cloth of kings and queens. That's what the, that's what our ancestors have been wearing for centuries. If you was to go to Africa and go to a village, the king will have a Kente drape, whole, whole body full of Kente. Like this is royalty. This is this is really and so I'm able to put it in our clothes in 2020 so that the average black man in any part of the country, any part of the world, can reach back to our ancestors. Because at one point I started gaining knowledge about like where I was from. Like I, I, I'm from Ghana and grew up in America and literally lost connection. Like I I don't I can't really even speak the language. I can only understand it. I, I was uh, I just became so infused in America that I lost connection. And when I started to gain culture, I wanted to. In knowledge itself, I wanted to dress more African, but I didn't want to exactly wear dashikis because I'm a real fashionable. I got, I need more than dashikis. I to be putting the wrapping, wrapping the kente all around my body. It was just a lot to do that. You can't just walk, you can't just go to the mall with kente wrapped all around your body. No, I need to find a way to bring this kente to 2020 so the black man can wear this to the to the library, to the mall, to the club, and nobody's gonna look at me like he's crazy. He's very fly, and that's what I went about doing. And now. I'm able to put Kente cloth on a polo. You see where I'm putting Kente. Nobody in life is putting Kente where I'm doing it. I put Kente inside the hood of a hoodie. So when you put on a hoodie, you now have satin Kente all over your head. You're able to reach back to the culture, reach back to the motherland and be closer than ever before. You're able to now have knowledge. Even if you don't care about this stuff, now I've planted a seed in your, in your brain that this is what Kente cloth is. Now you know about the culture. Now you're able to reach back to the motherland. Wow, it, it gets that's a bit crazy. It it's much deeper than that, but fashion is how I'm able to to play my part in society. It's more work to do, but fashion is what I can do to help the Black Renaissance. And and I'm looking at I'm on your site looking at some of your designs, and you have um, you know uh, find your vision, Kente label, give them culture, make a statement, spread love. What's the significance yeah. behind those? I guess those are designs. Uh, you know, it's like those are designs. On. Yeah, those are just okay. themes that I, I'm always talking about finding your vision because that's all it, uh, that's that's what really saved my life at the end of the day. Like, I didn't say the whole story. So I was I was 25 years old and I found out I was about to have a daughter. I found out I was about to mm. have a baby girl. And okay. I had already knew that fashion. I need to start clothing. I already had drawings made, but I wasn't. I didn't jump in the ocean yet. I didn't start yet. I didn't do nothing. I just was still. And when I found out I was going to have a daughter, that's when I started looking for guys. Like, that's when I was like, yo, I really need guys to help me. And the thing about me is I grew up in church. So why am I all of a sudden looking for guys? I know where guys at. But I was always having an issue with the way God was, like, presented to me. Like, when when I would say I want to be a Christian, I, would, I need to change my life, all of a sudden I'll try to stop sinning. All of a sudden I'll try to go to church and sing more. But it was just all an act to me. I was just trying to become a Christian it just wasn't working out for me so I was looking for God in a different light and what I was told what God literally told me was I need to use my gifts and talents I need to find out what gifts he put inside of me to change my life and wow. to change my family's life 
that's what that's what the message. So that's how that's how I started looking at God now. Instead of trying to stand in church and sing and, and oh offering all the route that I have been taking, I started you know this is this how I'm going to worship you, God. I'm going to use my gifts and talents to worship you. When I use what you gave me to spread love to somebody else, now I'm worshiping God to the utmost. That's what that's what I started to understand. So boom, what, what was I saying all that for? <laughs> well, I got you were saying, you, I think I think you. Well, once again, your passion is coming through. I think you were saying all that to say what has given you direction. You meant you started out with yes. the fact that you were uh, exactly. okay. the birth of your daughter, exactly. and you wanted to make a bigger impact. You know, you want to make a difference. Exactly. Create, I'm, I'm assuming I'm a read between the lines. Uh, create a legacy for for her. You know, uh, exactly. or you know, for your daughter in terms of what you're doing. That you know, you're, you know, your exactly. dad's about who pushed you. You know. Right. And I'm, yeah. and I'm able to make a change now. Like people, when I I could give somebody a hoodie now, and they could wear it and be warm. I could I could you know sell. I, I'm able to use my passion to change my life. It, but that's why you see find your vision there. Because yeah, you see all these black hands, you see can't say, but it's much deeper than that. Finding your vision, finding out what God put in you to change your life and change everybody else's life is what's really the most important message. So you always gonna see find your vision there. But after that. After vision, you're going to know I'm speaking about love. I'm speaking about knowledge itself, my culture. I'm speaking about unity. You see the times we're in. You see the times we're in. What do we need more now than ever? Those hands that you're looking at, that's Mother Africa reaching back to her children. That's unity right there. Yeah, and, and you're, referring, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. you're referring to one of your uh, designs where, you know, uh, yeah. you have a, a uh, which I'm assuming is a, is a man, uh, touching uh, the finger of another you know, man or woman, I guess in this case, yeah. or God. Yeah. It's called the Black Renaissance. That's what those hands the are. The Black called. Renaissance. Okay, yeah. that is awesome. Who draws that stuff? The drawings are pretty good. Do you draw those? Because they look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But let me let me explain the you know the history behind it. So those, those hands, Michelangelo was the first one to design on a 16 chapel. It was called the Creation of Adam. Did it during the European Renaissance? It was getting out of the dark ages. How did the black man and black woman get out of our dark ages? It's called the Black Renaissance. Mm. That's the concept, that's, that's concept behind it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you have so let's fast forward in terms of where you see this company going. I mean, what's your ultimate big picture? Because I always believe that. You know, whatever you're, whatever you're visioning, it doesn't have to be in business, but it could be that you want to help people. Your vision has to scare you a little bit and say, "Wow, that really scares me." You know, yeah. to, in the sense that it's so different from where you are. So let me give you an example. Yeah. When I started writing my scripts for my radio show, okay, mm-hmm. excuse me, I, I started writing my scripts for my radio show. I vision that my show would be heard uh, not only just around the country, but around the world. Mm. But, you know, I didn't know how that was going to happen. And so that's where, as you already mentioned, you have to let God mm-hmm. get in the mix. You got to leave room yeah. for him to get and help you because if you got it all worked out, then it ain't blessed. But yeah. I just can tell you that one of the things that is important, and you've hit on that, is that you, that's why I want to hear about your vision because oftentimes the vision has to be bigger than yourself. It has to scare you a little bit because you don't know specifically how you're going to get there. And let me just share this one point before you share your vision is because the one thing I can say is that we talk about God and about God blessing you. 
God doesn't rain manna from heaven anymore, okay? What he does mm. is put people in your life to help you with that vision. So people you meet, mm-hmm. so that's why my wife says that I've never met somebody who wasn't my friend, you know, because I'm always talking to people because I'm always interested in what they're about. And then sometimes they don't give me, you know, that, 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 that collaboration in terms of, you know, talking back and forth or whatever the case may be. But I'm always talking. But God blesses you through other people. In other words, he puts people in your life. And I can tell you right here on this show that people have come in my life that came in for a season and then left. They did what they were supposed to do to help me get to the next level. And then mm-hmm. some of them are still uh, people I know, but some of them just, I don't know where they are. So my point is mm-hmm. that looking at your company, what is your vision for where you want to go? What's the, what's the, the end game? Where, where you see this going? What's the, what's the big thing? The end, the end game, man, really, I want to close all of Africa. I want to close the whole continent. I want everybody in Africa to have one shirt, one some kind of garment, a new garment in their closet. The whole continent. And Africa is going to have over 2 billion people. I'm talking about in America. I want Black man is going to be everywhere in the future. And I want everybody to have some clothes in their closet. I also want to get so immersed with Kente clothes. I want, you know, you, you know how like Ralph Lauren designs polo shirts, but he didn't create polo. There's Tommy Hilfiger, there's U.S. Polo Association. But if you have on a polo and it's not Ralph Lauren, then it's almost like, what, what are you wearing? That's how I want a dude to be with Kente. If you have on Kente cloth and it's not a dude clothing, then where did you get, what is that? What kind of brand? That's not real. That's what, I, I want it to be that deep. I want, I want wow. to also make a difference. There, there's, there's, a, a, there's people in life right now who are last name traces to the plantation. They can't go, they can't go no further than the plantation. I want to be able to give those people somewhere to reach back to now. I want, I want them to understand. I want to be the black Gucci. I want to be the black Louis, the black Ralph, all that. I want to, I want to give that to, to, to the culture. Well, see, you just put that. Well, see, you just put that out there. In, 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 in I call it the spirit realm. You said, this is what I want to do. And what I would encourage you to do, if you haven't done it already, is to write it down. In other words, write out what it is oh, you yeah. want. And the reason I say that, and, and, and Habakkuk, I forgot what chapter this talk says, write it down, make it plain, and let the heralds run with it. And I say that because mm-hmm. there's something that happens, uh, you know, Sam, when you, when you write something down. You know, why is that yeah. so important? Because now you can really see it, you know, how you, you can visionize it, you can look at it every day and say, that's what I want to be. It, it, it'll, 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 it, things will come. So I encourage you to write down as much of it that you want to do and, and put that down there and read it every day and say, here, this is what I want to, you know, specifically what you want to do. You know, how many people in Africa? 200 million? I don't know. You know, where would you start? How would you get it out there? What is it that you need to get there? Do you need investors? Do you need um, money? Do you need connections? Yeah. You know, distribution. All of that, you have to write that out. And, yeah. um, because the, once the next you write thing that out... Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was so that's... The next thing. What I'm saying is that the, you need to write your vision down. You need to write it down mm-hmm. and then look at it every day. And I, yeah. I you know, like I yeah. said, I'll do that. And see, people you know, talk about... That's good advice. And here's, that's here's good thing. advice because I was... Here's the thing that I want to put this in your spirit. You see, people talk about, um, you know, having a business plan. And a business plan is important 
if you're going to go get money from a bank. And let me tell you something. Banks do not lend people money on a business, startup business. They may lend you money on the home equity in your home or against your car or something like that. But if you go present it to them, they don't do that. They don't take risks. Banks don't take risks. So what I tell you what you really need is a marketing plan. So you need to spend the time because a marketing plan tells you how you're going to make money, how you're going to, where, how you're going to get it out there. And what I would encourage you to do is to find somebody that's doing something similar, okay? And if they're doing something similar and it's working, then guess what? Then you could just do the same thing that they're doing. You're just doing it in a different vein. So I encourage you to put together mm-hmm. a marketing plan, and you could go on the Internet a and find them. Yeah, a marketing plan. You need a plan to how you're going to get – you already have it in your head, but you need to write it down. Because then you can come back and say, okay, what are my sales? How, 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 much, how much sales do I need, revenue do I need, so I can quit my full-time job and spend 100% of my time doing this? Because you're going to have to do that at some point, okay? Because you're yeah. tied up a day, <laughs> eight, ten hours a day. You can't work on your business. And, uh, and that happened to me. It took me and see. If I was 1986, I didn't leave my job until about two years later. And I was actually let, I resigned because it would just give me so much pressure because of the fact that, you know, while well, I was making a lot of money at the bank and they were upset with that, but you know, they were they started messing with my money and I'm like, I'm out of here, you know. And I had something that I was doing already to fall into, and that's another thing, you know. Mm-hmm. You just never know when. And I think a lot of people are seeing that in this pandemic right now. They're finding out yeah. that you know what, you're expendable. They'll get rid of you, you know. All this yeah. sheltering in place and people at home and all that kind of stuff. And if you can't work from home, guess what? We're, shut, we're shutting down. Um, you know, so I encourage you to write, write it down and to put together a marketing plan. You could go on the Internet and find any marketing plan template. You might even find one just for manufacturing clothes, you know. Um, so you need yeah. to kind of, you know, get some science and some math behind what you're doing, you know. So you okay. want to, you know, like yeah. I said, you want to get it to Africa you know, and all of Africa. I don't know why you don't want to have all people in the United States, you know, wearing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. America too. America too. Oh, okay, okay. Why. So I didn't hear that. You said you wanted to take this over to Africa and 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 man, manufacture it and, and distribute it all over Africa. You know, so um, you know, um, right. and, and the, end result, the end result. The end result is, uh, end result. is Africa. End result. Yeah. And it might be America's gonna be the first. And there might be an opportunity for you to partner or to uh, collaborate or get information from the United States government about how to get export stuff, okay? Will they give you any grants? I don't know. But you just have to – I always say you tell people what you're doing. When people ask me what I'm doing, I say I'm a real estate investor, you know, and I have a financial services company, okay? You know, so I just talk to people about it. You never know who who could be in the line to help you. But you got to share it with yeah. people. You know, I know you got a job and everything, so I don't know how you know how sensitive they may be about you having a side hustle. But you know, but anyway, so I, I, like I said, if I can speak anything into you, I say write down what it is you want to do and specifically yeah. put it together in a marketing plan. That's good advice. That's I've been right. I wrote stuff down in the past, but I don't look at it every day. Like it just sits there. So I might want to write it down again and start taking it more serious as far as that. Yeah, write it down and to. You know, you know, and I and I guess specifically is to put together a you know a marketing plan so that you can you know be specific about what volume you know do you need, how much in sales do you need, 
before you have to before you can leave that job you know how much do you need in order you can say okay i'm out of here you know and because uh, at some point you're going to have to do that so before we go i want you to share with people uh information how they can you know get in contact with you how they can uh shop on your website so you want to go ahead and share that information yeah so my website is shopadu.com that's h-o-p-a-d-u.com and if you ever want to send me a dm then my instagram is papa d-a-p-a underscore a-d-u and that's where you can also see all the pictures it's like pretty much a magazine for my stuff with all my work on there all the celebrities that i've worked with anything that you need to see is on there too and yeah well that's really that that's awesome. I wish you much success in in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because I always feel that uh, young folk are the future, and that uh, those that are trying to do something with their life, you know, and, and not watching three and four or five hours of TV every day, they're out there trying to make a difference. And uh, and I think you're just that kind of person. So I wish you much success. Please keep me posted on on your progress. And uh, if you need any advice, mm-hmm. call you. You know how to find me. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All I right. Do that. All right. All right, Sam. Take care now. All righty. You're welcome. All right. Oh man, I'm energized. It is early in the morning, but I'm I'm ready to get at it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's always great to talk to young brothers and sisters that are doing great things. I love to feature feature them on my show. If you're listening to this broadcast and you got an idea for a show or something to feature, please hit me up at charlesross at outlook dot com. Charles Ross at Outlook.com. If you want to drop me a, 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 a um, email, then it's uh, well, Charles Ross at Outlook.com. I just said that. <laughs> you can also call me at 404 272 Also, if you're listening and if you're looking to start a business, I have a business that you can start for less than $300. How many businesses can you can you start? for $300. If you're interested in that, got my information, Charles Ross at Outlook.com, or give me a call at 404-272-4633. So another edition of Your Personal Finance is in the can, and as usual, we're going to leave out with a little Barry White. Well, I thought we were. <laughs> I ain't, you don't want to cooperate right now. So anyway, enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you, and we'll see you, see you real soon.